What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Guiltless Pleasures with Bobby Asin. I am your host, and today I am writing solo. I wanted to start right off the bat going into my guiltless pleasure, or should I say my current guiltless pleasure, and that definitely would have to be a freak out about Lauren Conrad, or as some people know, the girl who didn't go to Paris, and Whitney's reunion. I feel like it's been over 10 years since these girls have really talked, and we got to hear all about where they are now and where they are with their friendship on Whitney's podcast called With Wit. Before I get into that, I wanted to kind of explain some backstory for me and my love for The Hills. So growing up, I actually was not allowed to watch reality television at all, and MTV was blocked on my TV during the hours that I was not in school. And during the last week of seventh grade, during finals week, I should say, I actually pretended I was sick. That way, I could watch the marathon of The Hills leading up to one of Ashley Tisdale's first music videos uh, from her Headstrong album, ending up on TRL. Now, this was pretty smart of me because I learned that my TV wasn't blocked during the day, so I got to be sick, well, pretend to be sick, and enjoy a classic reality show. I truly believe that The Hills is the blueprint for so many things, especially Lauren Conrad on her own. She is the blueprint of a good girl on a reality show. I base so many things in my life based off the hills, and I kind of will go into that in a couple moments, but I wanted to explain that at some point in high school, when Kristen Cavallari took over on the hills, I asked my mom if I would be able to watch the show, and she said, okay, well, let me screen this for you to see if it's appropriate or not, and you know, Kristen Cavallari did not have a great entrance. She actually got in a almost physical altercation with Audrina, and that had my mom say, absolutely no way will you be watching this show. My mom always told me that reality show, well, reality shows alter what people think they get out of life or what they should expect. And I do understand that to a certain extent, especially shows like My Super Sweet 16. That definitely would make anyone feel entitled to have that when that's the 1% in the world. But I don't think The Hills really did me any damage. And something that's really ironic was last year when I went to New York City, my mom and I had won tickets to see Strahan and Sarah, and Kristen Cavallari was the special guest. So it's kind of ironic that my mom and I saw the girl from the show that I wasn't allowed to watch, and the girl who was the reason I wasn't allowed to watch that show. I just find that very funny and a full circle moment. But when it comes to things that I learned on the hills, there are quotes just in general that I will never forget. And I say them almost every day. I think I always say truth and time tells all, which is wise words from Justin Bobby, surprisingly. And something else that I loved from the hills is the lesson of I want to forgive you and I want to forgive you. I thought those were some of the most special words. I don't know. I always had a hard time accepting people's apologies, and I've definitely used that word for word in my actual life. Now, when it comes to other lessons from the hills, 
I definitely would say I listened to Lauren and the girls when they said that good girls only give it up after six months. So thank you, Lauren Conrad, for that. I followed your rules and waited for the right time with the right person. I definitely would still stay to stick with that if you are wanting a real serious relationship with someone, especially if it's your first relationship. And something my mom taught me or would always tell me is the longer you wait to put out, the more gifts you get, which is definitely true. Now going back to this week's reunion, we kind of learned that Lauren and Whitney haven't spoken to each other in a very, very long time. I mean, they've had kids, business lines, all kinds of different things where they've been supportive, maybe sent a quick text, but they have not remained as close as we saw them on the hills, which honestly makes sense to me because even at my age of 25, there's not many people that I spoke to in college or around that time that I would say I speak to every day anymore. I definitely have a really good friend from college that I speak to almost every day, but I definitely understand what the girls say when they call each other friend-wise a college friendship because at one point that seems to be the most important thing going on in your life and then when you separate from that experience, you don't run into each other as much. Like There's not that connection and the show was really what brought them together and obviously working together, which I kind of find questionable because we do learn that even though they worked at Vogue, or Teen Vogue, I should say, that Lauren, well, the girl who didn't go to Paris, did not, in fact, actually even have a real job to go to in Paris, and that the last episode of season one, they just filmed Whitney at an airport, and Whitney herself actually never worked for Teen Vogue in Paris. So, I mean, I wonder how much they did actually work together, but I definitely do believe that they were friends, and that they try to stay supportive in each other's lives. I felt the podcast was brutally honest and they shared a lot of friendship struggles they had, whether it was having the same best friend and Whitney having a fallout with that person and, and Lauren staying friends with that person. And I also enjoyed how they both talked about how Lauren really wanted to split off from everyone from the show because that's kind of how it seemed and we learned that Lauren says that by the end the hills to her was just a very toxic environment and I definitely applaud Lauren for leaving because we learned that many reality stars stay for the big paycheck and I applaud Lauren for moving on and creating Paper Crown and doing Little Marketplace and as well doing her new beauty line. I mean, I think that she created that blueprint of a reality star having multiple businesses. Like, we already had stars like Paris Hilton that had perfume lines, but she really expanded on things that other people did not prior, and now I feel that almost every real housewife does. I also think Lauren is the blueprint, like, I think I've said this before, of being the good girl on TV shows. For reality shows, that is. And Lauren Conrad definitely learned how to create lines such as Lauren Conrad at Kohl's that all of her fans can actually afford, whether it's the bedding or the clothes. And especially with her cosmetic line being eco-friendly and being the right price, she definitely knows her audience and what they can and cannot afford. And I find that so many celebrities lose that and they create such high-priced items that their fans like simply cannot afford, especially people that their fans are mostly children and expect their parents to buy them all these items when something costs over $80, whether it's a sweatshirt 
especially at concerts, but that's very different. I could go on about The Hills and Lauren Conrad kind of forever. I would love to do an episode where I just go into the secrets and details of The Hills, especially when it comes to the filming. I think it is just amazing what they were able to accomplish with that show and getting a cover on Rolling Stones for a reality show was definitely unheard of so they definitely hit a mark and I recommend if anyone is wanting to start into watching a reality show they start with this one because this one is pretty friendly meaning that there's not that much like physical violence actually there really isn't any physical violence and the storyline I find to be very classy and that's very hard I think to find in most reality shows nowadays. Now, I want to go into Dancing with the Stars real quick. I just want to say that I think it's kind of crazy that Carol Baskin gets such a high budget when it comes to her sets, and then everyone else just dances on the ballroom floor with nothing happening in the background. She had huge grand stairwells and all this stuff, even though she's not that good of a dancer, and obviously I don't think she's going anywhere. It's very apparent they had her go second to last because, once again, they want the audience to watch the whole episode and to gain an audience just because people are curious to see how she's going to do, which honestly is never that great. With the first eviction, I was not surprised. I honestly don't even remember the guy's name, but who I will always remember is Nev from Catfish Dancing. I thought his hair looked kind of weird last week, but this week he had me swooning. He was absolutely adorable. Something I thought was very funny was Sky Jackson when she fell this week on Dancing with the Stars that she grabbed her partner's hair to keep her up. That was major commitment. Now something we also talked about last week that I want to touch on is Demi Lovato's engagement. We have learned now that Demi Lovato's engagement has already come to an end. And not only that, we learned that her fiance Max had only learned about this through social media. And he's actually said that he found out from the tabloids and that he hasn't spoken over the phone with her, hasn't even had the conversation that they're not together anymore. And he says, and I quote, I'm here in real time with y'all. I love Demetria and just want her to be healthy and safe. Imagine finding out that your engagement's off from a magazine. Also, who did that then? Did her publicist go through? Because obviously it's real because she's completely ghosted him. Can you imagine even ghosting your fiancé? I mean, I can imagine the other way around, but I guess we'll be hearing her scream about it in a song because he says that she screams and doesn't sing, and I don't think he's necessarily wrong. Well, on a more positive note, we can definitely say Big Mama Mia this week. We had Amanda Seyfried have a son secretly, which is her second child, and additionally, Billy Lord also had her child in secret, and who is actually named Kingston Fisher Lord. I could not be more happy about these pregnancy announcements, especially because last week we found out Ashley Tisdale is pregnant, and if you don't know how much I love Ashley Tisdale, I can't even explain it. I have a picture of Ashley that's signed that watches over me when I sleep because I know she will always protect me. So that's how you know she's going to be a good mom. We love you, Ashley Tisdale. And the fact that you're pregnant at the same time as my other girl, Emma Roberts, chef's kiss. I couldn't ask for better announcements. Now, speaking of announcements, we have some Vander Bump announcements. 
Our girls from Vanderpump Rules, Lala, Stassi, and Brittany are all pregnant. We found out this week that Brittany is having a boy, and prior that Lala and Stassi are both having girls. We also see that at the gender party, or gender reveal party, I should say, that Kristen was having an appearance as well and was getting along with everyone from the cast, showing that Stassi and her are truly friends again. Now, I actually just watched an interview with Stassi, and it was her tell-all about her experiences with being canceled and fired from Bravo, and I definitely think she needs to have another interview because it did not go well with Tamron Hall, and we find out that Stassi says that she was unprepared for the questions that were asked. So I would like to see maybe a redo or a different interview to see how she really feels and what she has gone through with this as she makes her apology tour, which sounds sad to say, but she definitely does owe some apologies. On other news, we have Jojo Siwa and Paris Hilton trying to take over TikTok. They currently have been making multiple TikToks, hanging out together, and you know that has some big crackhead energy. I can't imagine all the rhinestones, sequins, and pink that is in store for us. They definitely look like they got along quite well, and I would love to see a collaboration. Can you imagine Stars Are Blind Remix featuring Jojo Siwa? I think that has a nice ring to it. And speaking of iconic songs such as Stars Are Blind, one of my favorite artists turns 33 today. You may know her from singing Come Clean and So Yesterday. Indeed, that is no other than Hilary Duff. Yes, Hilary Duff is 33, which means that we are also getting older. I'm super excited that even this week in an interview that, that almost called her Lizzie McGuire, well, she is Lizzie McGuire in my brain as well, but that Hilary Duff announced that after filming the new season of Younger, she indeed will still go into production to do the Lizzie McGuire story, which will be hopefully on Freeform or Hulu or some other streaming service besides Disney+. Plus. Now, this whole thing about the story of Lizzie McGuire being too adult really upsets me because Disney+, Plus has The Simpsons, Star Wars movies, and Marvel movies where characters kill other characters, yet they think that a woman talking about things like pregnancy and sex or drinking is inappropriate, yet you can watch The Simpsons do all of those things for hours upon hours. So I really do hope they bring this over to Hulu because Lizzie has so many more lessons to teach us. Now, speaking of Disney Channel stars, we have some brand new news about Britney Spears, and it's actually from Lance Bass, who we may know from NSYNC. Apparently, Lance Bass this week had a conversation with Jamie Lynn Spears about Britney's legal battles, and we kind of have learned that he says that we don't know anything and that what we think this is is not at all what it is. But he does say, I totally support Free Britney. I hope everyone figures out exactly what is happening in her life. I do believe that things are settling the way they should be. 
There's a judge in charge of all this, so we really need to just trust the judge and the situation and know that things will work out for the best. We all love her, and I'm very open to finding out what's going on, but at the end of the day, you have no idea what's going on. So I really shouldn't have an opinion. I do think that's short and sweet, but I would love to have a longer description of what's actually happening then. And it's weird because he says that Jamie Lynn and him talked recently, which is why he feels better about the situation, but then make us feel better. Tell us a little bit more. And if he's going to say, and I quote, we have no idea what's really going on, so we just have to trust the loved ones around her are doing the right thing. How does he expect us to do that when her dad is crazy and beat her children and how to get a restraining order? But... I mean, I will say on a positive note, at least he's talking to Jamie Lynn Spears because Jamie Lynn Spears is the girl who's supposed to take over the conservatorship, and hopefully this is a good sign. I mean, come on, Brittany, please give us a sign. We would love to find out a little more what's going on, but hopefully this truly does mean that things are coming to an end. Something that's not coming to an end, though, is Folklore, which is Taylor Swift's newest album being number one for the seventh week, which surpasses Whitney Houston's long-standing record among women for the most cumulative weeks at number one. So this is pretty exciting for Taylor Swift. I mean, the girl is always breaking records, and usually she's breaking her own records. So way to go, Taylor. Always love and support you, and I'm already ready for some new music. Now is the time to go into Housewives. There is a lot to unpack, especially when it comes to Real Housewives of New York, Beverly Hills, and Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm actually gonna start out today talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta. We kind of touched base last week about Nene leaving the show, but now we know that Nene is accusing Andy Cohen of being a racist. Additionally, She's accusing Wendy Williams to being a crackhead. And she says that both of their careers are all based off of Nini's own success. There has been no comment made by Bravo or by Andy Cohen, but I do think it's interesting that these accusations don't exist then for everyone else that is of color on any of the casts. So I think it'll be interesting to see if a statement is made because we've seen that Andy has been trying to add people of color in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and potentially Real Housewives of New York by getting suggestions on some women from Bethany Frankel. So I would love to see what is going to unfold from this accusation. When it comes to Nini leaving the show and being accused that she won't be able to afford her lifestyle without the show, We have a statement from Nini saying that the leaks are good, you old cocaine head and you old racist. No one knew you until you knew me. Remember, I'm an icon. Don't forget. So some big words there and who knows what's to come. Now, back to Housewife talk on Beverly Hills. Last week we discussed that Teddy was going through some heat with the diet plan 
And we recently found out, actually, the next day after recording that podcast, that Teddy got fired from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, fired. She did not come out of the decision from being bullied. Bravo flat out told her that they were just not interested in continuing having her on the show. I definitely understand this decision. I don't think it has anything to do with the recent diet plan, which is her most recent scandal. I think it has to do with the fact that she has lied numerous times and that she had a huge complaint from the audience saying that she brought nothing from the show. So I can't say that I'm too sad. I am very interested to see who will be joining the cast. And someone we learned that will not be joining the cast is officially Kris Jenner. Kris Jenner said that there's no need for Kris Jenner on the show and that the show is doing just fine without her, which I totally understand. And we also found out that Kathy Hilton may officially be joining the Real Housewives Beverly Hills, but she did state that she would not want to be a full-time member and that she would only want to be considered a friend on the show. Now, one of the biggest rumors currently is that not Kris Jenner, but Caitlyn Jenner will be joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills along with Sophia Hutchins. I just want to say that Caitlyn Jenner does not make good reality television. I watched I Am Kate, I watched every episode, and I wanted so much more, and Caitlyn says that she's so much of an open book, but I really just don't believe that, and watching Caitlyn support Trump and just say so many things that were just horrible, that were ignorant, I can't imagine bringing that in the show. Also that Chris Jenner and Kyle are best friends. So that would be a weird dynamic in the friend group. I think that would cause a lot of trauma, which would be good for TV, but I don't know. I just think that Caitlyn being 70 years old and Sophia being 24 would not be a good mix. I mean, people complain that that Ramona is too old to be on the show and she's what 64 so I can't imagine adding a 70 year old and also think adding a 24 year old doesn't make sense either because they're just too young but Hutchins would be the youngest housewife in the franchise and we also have you know the intro of having the first transgender cast members which I think would be a great addition I just don't know if 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 they would get along with the girls but you know what that makes the best kind of tv and it brings so much diversity i would be very interested to see what can come upon with any of this information if this is real i cannot imagine what to expect now going into real housewives of new york we have finally wrapped the season with the part three of the finale we also have learned since last week that Leah is indeed in production for the new season and has a new nose. My favorite part of the reunion definitely had to be Ramona speaking out to Dorinda saying that she was indeed a good friend and did reach out to Dorinda about John and her relationship ending. Ramona felt the need to bring her actual receipts. She printed out over 20 pages of screenshots reaching out to Dorinda and my favorite part was when she says to Dorinda that she even made her a mixtape. 
I cannot even imagine the songs that Ramona would pick. Imagine a playlist from Ramona. I I can't. I don't even know what song would would be on it. I can't even think of one. She's a very vocal person, but I can't think of what artist she would like. Just that's a deep shower thought I could have all night just thinking of what Ramona would put on a playlist for someone going through a hard time. And there was a classic moment where I should say a Regina George moment where Ramona legitimately throws the screenshots up in the air as if it's all the notes in the burn book just floating around there, just all the screenshots. I would love to read those and Andy Cohen collected them and I'm sure they will end up in the clubhouse one day and will be read by him. Now, going into Watch What Happens Live, which happened afterwards with Bethany. Oh my gosh, we learned so much. Like, Bethany is still married. I could have sworn that we saw in the show that her divorce was finalized, and then in a reunion that she confirmed that it was. But apparently, it is not, and she's still married while dating another man, which I don't have a problem with. I think that's normal that people date while they're getting divorced because divorces can take a long time. Hers took over four years, but apparently it's been more than that. I will say the most shocking thing that we learned while watching Watch What Happens Live is that Dorinda was actually not asked back to return on Real Housewives of New York, but on her Instagram caption, it says that she has decided to leave the show. And... I did find it shocking that Dorinda and Bethany were still such good friends, and if they were such good friends, that Bethany would kind of call her out by saying that, but maybe she didn't realize that Dorinda's Instagram caption said that it was her decision. Now, speaking of some former ladies from Real Housewives of New York, I have listened to my In My Head with Heather Thompson, and let me tell you, she is an amazing storyteller. I was not a huge fan of Heather on the show, but I have been a fan of everything she's done after leaving the show. And her podcast was so good. Her first story or podcast episode is actually with Beyonce's mother, who she's worked with for many, many years. And then this second podcast, the most recent, actually has Queen Carol. I loved Carol in Real Housewives of New York until her last season. I thought she kind of fell off the deep end, which she actually admits in the podcast. And she says that she stayed way too long and that she only stayed for the paycheck. So I like that honesty and I couldn't believe how real these girls got. They talk about the trip in St. Bards and talk about how there was a big mix of heavy drugs in this trip when it came to Luann and Sonia. I would say that I'm shocked, but at the same time I can't because those two get so crazy, it just makes sense. But to know that they really had sex with the pirate and I mean real drugs. They did have pot, but I mean there was even worse drugs than pot. And this just explains how crazy the girls are and the fact that Heather and Carol were just so shocked because this was like their intro into the show and that they are learning that these women are okay with doing these things when a camera crew is right on the other side of the door 
And I loved hearing that this was such a learning experience. This trip, I mean, was a learning experience for Heather and Carol because they learned what a hot mic was. They learned that even when wearing their mics, that they're in a closed room, thinking they're having a private conversation with no cameras, that they are still using the audio for the show and it was used against them to cause drama in the show. So I loved to find that out. I love all those behind the scene things. And you learn that Sonia actually never intended to release a toaster oven. How sad is that? And I really wish she did. And, you know, Carol said that Sonia never had any intentions, but it's so clear that truly that Heather believed that this was going to be a thing and she really wanted to help her. And I agree with Heather when she says that, you know, that would be on every gay man's counter around the world. Truly, that would be the focal point of my kitchen, just centered around a Sonia Morgan toaster oven. We also learn that Luann is not a genuine person. I don't think that's a big shocker for many people, but we learn that everything you see in production friendship-wise of Luann the other girls is not real. And I will say that I was surprised to find out that when Carol, Aviva, and Heather came in, all the girls they replaced were fired. It wasn't none of their decisions to leave the show. I don't know about you Housewives fans, but hearing things like that gives me goosebumps. I just love learning behind the scenes stories so much when it comes to the production of these shows. And now it really makes me question how much is actually real if Sonia's storyline for multiple seasons was this toaster oven, if that wasn't real and that they said they use that for a funny storyline, then what else is not real in this show? I mean, I just can't wait. I hope this podcast gives us so much more. And we have Bethany Frankel coming out with a new podcast. I mean, this is Real Housewives heaven right now. And I just want to say, I get asked a lot who my favorite housewife is when it comes to New York, and it's definitely Sonia Morgan. I love Bethany, and I think Bethany and Carol were always coming to a tie when it came to be my favorite, but then Sonia just won after the trip to Miami where she falls from being so drunk that the paramedics come and she gets excited and hits on them. When it comes to my favorite episode, though, of all time, I would definitely say the Spooky Island episode with Crazy Kelly. There is nothing like that. That was one of the most unreal moments I think I've ever seen on reality television. Also, that character, Kelly, or that person, Kelly, is meant for TV, but not in the good way. I mean, that is a definite train wreck. I love getting questions from you guys through Instagram and Twitter. If you don't already know my username, it is at Bobby Asen. That is B-O-B-B-Y-A-S-E-N. Whether it's a topic you want to hear about or a question you have, I would love to receive them and then put them on next week's podcast. I also want to thank anyone who has taken the time to write a kind review on my podcast. And if you haven't taken the time, I would greatly appreciate if you would do so. And if you have something mean to say, save that for Twitter because that's where that should live. Anyway, stay guiltless. (laughs) 